0: Jesus time family. Welcome back to Jesus time. We get to talk about everything that Jesus tells us in our times with him. And we are wrapping up today a series, uh, another one of my unintended series, just about relationships. We did Christian dating. We did, uh, not Christian dating, Christian engagement, dating and depression. And we had happily single and satisfied in the waiting. And guys, I've actually learned a lot. Um, I've been so encouraged with the hearts of each of my guests who love Jesus so much and have learned and are learning that Jesus is their true satisfaction and learning how to um, be satisfied wherever you are and, and growing in that place. So I love how John and Celia are um, growing and learning what it is to um, slowly become one before they actually become one on their wedding day and how they're preparing for that through premarital counseling, through being teachable and listening to people who love them and are more mature in the faith uh, and, and just putting themselves under the authority of those types of people. And it's been really encouraging to see that heart of humility and preparation and desire to have a strong marriage. And then with Josiah and dating and depression, how man, he still struggles. Gosh, and he is owning that struggle and not looking at his dating as a solution or a fix, but looking to the Lord. And then being able to thank the Lord for the gift of the season of his life where he is dating and putting everything in that right place in his mind and heart. And then with Isabel, my goodness, her vision that she cast for life as a single, and she's happily single because she is... Living out the works that God has prepared for her to do from beforehand, like Ephesians 2.10 says, and figuring out where she fits in the body of Christ and giving herself fully to that place and those relationships, because being single doesn't mean being alone. And I love that. And then finally, Allie, I love Allie, her heart of humility and vulnerability where she acknowledged that she does have a very real and present desire to be married and have children and not to suppress that desire or consider that bad. But again, she's walking in the works God's prepared for her beforehand and and learning where her place is in the body of Christ and building those relationships and really enjoying those one-on-one times with the different sisters in Christ and different saints and she's satisfied. She is having that desire for marriage, but satisfied in the waiting. And my goodness, that was encouraging and challenging to me as an all or nothing thinker. And even her humility in preparing for hopefully one day getting married by learning from sisters in Christ who are married. And so I, I have been encouraged and challenged and so thankful so thankful for all of my guests and the way they have shown me how they're looking to Christ and trusting Christ uh, and engaged in the body of Christ in service and in relationships. And so as we close out today, just me today, (laughs) I'm taking in all that they've shared and figuring out how to wrap up the series, And a common thread that I saw in every one of their lives was looking to Christ first. And second, learning how to love the people that are right in front of them. And I thought, ooh, that's something everyone can apply in whatever season or relationship status that they're in. And so um, combining those threads with a recent time that I had with Jesus, we're going to look at John 13, because I think that loving God is, I don't want to say easy, (laughs) but for the sake of the contrast, I'm going to say loving God is easy. Loving people is hard. And that, that is an extreme statement, but I think that it fits (laughs) because God is perfect, and his motives are always good, and we know that his ways are right, and we know that if we disagree with God, it's very easy to understand we're the ones that are wrong, (laughs) but loving people in light of that truth is hard because people's motives are not always pure, myself included, yourself included, Our, our natures are flawed and sin, and even though we're fighting that and we are trying to live for God, we're not perfect, and so, I feel like we can look to Jesus to figure out what that looks like. And guys, I'm not going to lie, it's hard. And I am, I've been wrestling with this passage for weeks, and I'm going to continue to wrestle. How did he love people that were flawed? John 13. Uh, we're going to start in verse 1. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to the Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything And that he had come from God and he would return to God. So, verse 4, he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel he had around him. Guys, there's a lot in this passage about loving people. We know that Jesus came to this earth perfect God in the flesh he was tempted in every way we were tempted yet he did not sin he spent his three years of active ministry with these with these 12 men who were imperfect and we know this <laughs> um, and he loved them and this is where my heart was really struggling guys he the scriptures say that he loved them to the very end and it was time i'm sorry in verse two it was time for supper and the devil had already prompted judas iscariot to betray jesus guys in this passage there is an already reality of judas to betray jesus i believe that jesus knew this guys this was not just an acquaintance. This was not just a friend. This was a brother in arms who had ministered with Jesus, learned from Jesus for three years, guys. A brother in a, this was the man who betrayed Jesus, and Jesus knew this. He knew it. What else did Jesus know? Jesus knew who he was. He knew in verse 3 that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from the Father and returned to God. Man, knowing Jesus knew who he was, he knew who Judas was, he knew who he was. What was the loving response of knowing those two things? Verse 4 He got up from his table took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel around him. (sighs) Loving people is hard because they will hurt us and we will hurt them. I think the two things that I got from this is one, When we love people well, it helps to know who we are in Christ and that we belong to him. Jesus knew that he belonged to the Father and he was going to return to the Father. He knew that all authority was given to him. I think sometimes when we love people, especially if they're hard to love or if they are doing things that are hurtful to us, one of the ways we're tempted, I think, and I've been tempted, is to be like, well, yes, I you know, I deserve bad things because I'm a sinful person. And so I'm going to accept this behavior. That's not correct. <laughs> That's not correct, guys. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. And there is a wisdom in knowing who we are and what treatment of us is okay. And there's a fine line with that, right? Because we don't want to become entitled. That is not okay. Um, And that looks like, do you know who I am? Because you better, you know. There is a pride in entitlement, but there is a humility in knowing who we are and whose we are. And we know that from 1 Corinthians 13, that yet love is patient and kind. Keep going. Love does not delight in unrighteousness. So knowing who we are and knowing whose we are, loving, difficult people, it's okay to set those boundaries and say, you can't call me this name. You can't treat me this way. But, (laughs) But there are times where in Christ, in committed relationships, in covenant relationships, where we might have to endure. And guys, we have to take that to the Lord and we seek wisdom I I want to say for the record, uh, loving difficult people does not mean taking abuse. Please hear my heart in that. Okay, that has to be said. So, Jesus knew who he was and whose he was. And that's what we need to do too when loving people, difficult or not. Second thing here. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. Guys... I know that our Savior was hurt in that moment. He was hurt. And I know that because later on, when Jesus is addressing his disciples at this Passover meal, right before he was going to be turned over to be crucified, this is a hard time for Jesus. And he spent it with the people he loved, including his betrayer knowing that hurt him so much. Uh, And later, I think it says um, I'm trying to find the rest, but some sometime later in John 13, it talks about, yes, verse 21. Now, Jesus was deeply troubled and he exclaimed, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. And there is an exclamation point after that sentence. Jesus was deeply troubled. Even though Jesus has had all authority, was God in the flesh, he still felt the very real emotion of betrayal and hurt. And I can't, I can't imagine that. In in the position he was, and I think sometimes when we elevate Jesus to the true position of his godhead, we forget his humanity, and he was both at the same time. He knew Judas would betray him and he was deeply troubled, guys. He can connect with us in the moments when we are hurt by the people that are closest to us and people who are supposed to love us well but don't and the people who we love and hurt us. So what is our response to that? Verse four, so he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water into a basin And then he began to wash the disciples' feet, including Judas. Guys, in the moment he felt that hurt, in the moment of that deeply troubling and wounding betrayal, it was in that moment that Jesus loved Judas well. That is love. And I will go on to say, apart from Christ, loving that way is impossible. It is impossible. Our world is very extreme right now. And it says, oh, if someone hurts you, if someone betrays you, if someone doesn't recognize your value, you cut them off. You leave them. And that is not the way of Christ. Especially in a committed relationship. Uh, especially in the body of Christ with your brothers and sisters. So whether you are single or married or in between, part of, I think, what is a wonderful and difficult and impossible thing to practice is loving other people well. Jesus has showed us how to do that in the scriptures, and I think specifically in John 13. There is a humility. There is a vulnerability. There is a being present um, in this chapter that instructs us how to love people well, even in the midst of our own hard things, our own hurts. Man, that is a challenge that we can always learn in <laughs> and God can always teach us in. So, Guys, I hope that you've enjoyed this series. I hope that you will go on to read the entirety of John 13 and see how the Holy Spirit ministers to you in the place of whatever close relationships that you're experiencing right now. And let God grow you and and stretch you and bless you. And as we learn how Christ has loved us, I think that will help us love people. So guys, we have wrapped up the series and we'll be taking a couple weeks of break uh, as I can process this truth and really live this out. So we'll catch you in a few weeks, guys. I love you so much. Keep pressing into your times with Jesus to learn from him and letting him teach you and feed you. God bless.